Hey, welcome back. Chad Hermanson here with Mental Edge Training Coach. Today, I'll be chatting with Ishmael Gallo. Ishmael is a former minor league baseball player turned physical therapist who has developed a program for baseball players, and I'm assuming other athletes as well, called Baseball Flows. A lot of tight and stiff athletes out there. If you're older, you could probably benefit from this as well to keep that body moving. So enjoy this conversation and learning about baseball flows through Dr. Ishmael Gallo. All right, Dr. Ishmael Gallo, how are we doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm doing great. You're out in California, correct? Yeah, I'm in Cali. Very good. Nice weather out there. No, no rain or anything like that going on. It's been a little crazy. No rain. I'm just in, I'm in Southern California, so it's a little windy, but besides that, I mean, it's manageable. Yeah. Very good. Well, I came across you um, really through a friend, Rick Prieto. Um, I, I did an episode with him quite a while and uh, he had mentioned that he kind of partnered with you or you were talking in discussion right about what you're doing with your baseball flow program. So we're going to definitely get into that, but I I'm really curious is to hear about your story, how, what your baseball career was like and what eventually led you, you know, to becoming a physical therapist. So t tell us where you started with baseball. Well, I mean, I'll take you back even to my childhood a little bit, right? Cause yeah. I think the way to capture somebody's history is best described when you describe their childhood and kind of how they got into baseball. Cause for me, baseball was always a pretty good outlet. You know, I found that when I was young, I started playing probably when I was five or six. And then I found that I could really get out a lot of the things that I was dealing with in the baseball field. And it, and it helped me kind of deal with the environment I was in. Uh, and that's when I kind of fell in love with the game. Uh, unfortunately, I think in academics, I really didn't do too well. You know, I was, I was one of those kids that we ditched, I ditched class tons. So I remember ditching class all the time. It was one of those where I was probably out of school more than I was in school growing up. Because uh, I another thing for me is, but I never lost that love for baseball. Mm. So it was always pretty interesting that baseball was the only constant in my life at that point. Um, and yeah, as once I got into high school, I think my it just caught up to me. You know, it's one of those where I, it was, I was up to my old behaviors. I was I was a real good player though because I played. I was in the freshman team, and then I was going to go varsity my sophomore year, but I just didn't have the grades. You know, so a year later, after not having grades my sophomore year, my junior year, once again, I didn't get grades and I was academically ineligible. And then that's when I dropped out of high school. And uh, that's kind of what started my whole journey into sometimes in life. I think that you see that you'll find is sometimes when something seems like it's bad news, it ends up being one of those things where you go like, maybe I needed that, you know, mm. maybe I needed to get kicked out of school and really get a kick in the butt to say, guess what? Uh, if you're not going to get your act together, then a lot of opportunities are going to start going away, which they did. You know, I was basically out of school, out of options, out of any kind of baseball uh, at that point. So and that's kind of that was really junior year. That was junior year. You said you got kicked out yeah. of school and you stopped school. OK, yeah. So I was 17 and I yeah. just had no options anymore at that point. I just literally hung around the house, kind of trying to figure out my next move. But I did that like for a year and a half where I had no no passion for anything. I mean, I continued playing baseball. But it was one of those where, for me at that point at 17, I just felt like as scouts would come out and look at me and then they would go like, well, if you're not in school, it's really hard to draft somebody who's technically not in school anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to have to kind of wait and see, see how it plays out. And they never called back. I, I tried out for a couple of teams because I'm in Southern California. 
So we had, we had the Quakes here. We had the Stampede. We had several affiliated teams that would have tryouts, and I would go and try out, but they never really picked me up from there. And it wasn't until I got my GED and got back into school that I started to see some opportunities to go to a junior college. And then once I went to the junior college, and at that point I ran into an old school coach, Coach Rasmanian, who basically said, I'm going to play the best nine players. I don't care what you did in high school, and I don't care what you've done to get here. And he said, if you're one of my best nine, you're going to be in the starting lineup. And luckily, I was one of the best nine. And then from there, the Dodgers came up to me and, and started to show interest. And then I ended up getting drafted that year in the 20th round. And then I did a draft and follow. So I didn't sign that year. I ended up signing after my sophomore year uh, in college. And that's how I got into the Dodgers organization, like in 97. Uh, okay. And I ended up, from there, I played uh, in rookie ball. So I started off at Great Falls, Montana which, trust me, was definitely a culture shock for me, <laughs> you know, because I'm coming from Southern California, basically not traveling anywhere. Yeah. And then uh, Great Falls was – but I, I felt like for me it was a great opportunity. You know, I always saw everything in life at that point as just this great opportunity to get out of the situation that I had put myself into just through bad behavior and just not having any discipline. I hear you. Yeah, so that's – in a nutshell, right? We get we get through uh get the minor leagues pretty quickly. And that's fascinating, man, that you, you you dropped out of high school as a junior and just kind of probably doing some things you probably shouldn't be doing or whatever that case may be. And then you end up going to junior college. In what position were you playing? I was playing shortstop. Okay. So you yeah, had some right. hands, you had some feet. Well, yeah, I think my <laughs> my biggest talent was always I got good hands and then I could hit. I'm a righty lefty, so I throw righty, hit lefty. So I think my that was always my biggest gift. I could always hit. I could always pick it. So I think if you could do that consistently, you're going to find a spot. Uh, but it was one of those things, too, where it didn't come easy. You know, there's there a lot of just mental battles that I had to go through. Because think about it this way, Chad, is you're, you're playing Sunday League ball with your dad. And that's what I did basically since I was 13, mm -hmm. all the way till I got to junior college. And then you get there and you have all these guys that have a lot of accolades. I mean, in high school, a lot of these guys were – all city, all everything. And they're trying out for the same position I'm at. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm a high school dropout. No one knows me. Everybody's asking me, like, where'd you go to school? And I'm going, like, I kind of went to Ontario, and but really didn't do anything. <laughs> and they put me on the worst team, too. I don't know if Coach Mass was trying to test me, but he put me on the third, third string team for, like, two months, you know, where we were practicing across the street. It wasn't even a baseball field. Mm. It was all grass. And I was just playing with these guys that – um I think at that point, too, is I was just dominating them because they were kind of guys that really didn't play baseball. Like a lot of them just were out there just to have fun. And for me, that wasn't fun. For me, it was I had to compete. I had to try to win that position. But uh, it was a lot of hard work. And then just mentally to to grind through that. Right. Because I mean, my whole life to that point, I had kind of quit on school or quit on anything that was organized. So I remember getting to Mount Sac and, and a lot of those mental battles I had with myself of go like, just don't quit. Don't quit. You're going, you're not, it's not looking good, right? You're mm -hmm. on third string. Oh, you're watching all the other guys practice on the big field. Um, but I think I made it, I made it through those battles and I was able to actually get the starting position. That's awesome, man. And then you just, so that's, what's so cool is you, that adversity that you went through, you got over that, but you still allowed yourself to and really put yourself in a position to get drafted you know, by the Dodgers. And then how many years did you play in the minor leagues? I played five years. Five years. And then yeah. what levels can you tell our, tell us where you played at? I like started in rookie ball and then I went to low single A my next year. And then I, I 
I tapped out basically at a high single A in Vero Beach, uh, Florida, in the Florida State League. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the minor leagues, it's a grind. Like I, I wasn't a I wasn't a big prospect, so I would always start every season on the bench. And it was one of those where, I mean, when you're starting on the bench and you're not playing, you really not get a chance to showcase your skills or do anything to make sure they bring you back the next year. Right. So every year I found myself on the bench, but every year at the end I was in the starting lineup, uh, either hitting second or hitting third or hitting second or uh, first, sorry. Uh, but I always found myself right back in there just because same thing. You know, it's that, that mental, that mentality of, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to get out there. And, and when I get my opportunity, I'm going to be ready. Uh, and I think in the minor leagues that that mentality that I was able to develop uh, helped me post minor leagues. Yeah. So you, you now your careers, five years of that, you know, battling through the, the a ball area and then Vero beach. I remember playing in Vero beach with the Dodgers and like no, no dugout, right? You're just in the sun all day long, <laughs> just, just getting smoked. And it's kind of funny, especially if you're playing on their major league field, right. Um, yeah. But so that transition now you were at what point did you say, okay, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to become a physical therapist. Whew, that was, that was probably one of the hardest decisions in my life because I, I felt like, I was 25 at that point. I was in spring training and I got back to my room one day and I said, you know what? Everybody's getting released around me. I see guys that are 30 years old. I'm kind of seeing, I wouldn't say the end of the road, but I'm like midway up that road, right? Where I'm like, I'm still in single A. I've been doing this for five years. I mean, I've had success. I'm, I was at that point, my career average was 300. So I was kind of doing my job, but going nowhere. And then I just felt like, man, maybe it's time for me to really start looking at other opportunities. Uh, and then when I got to academics, I, it was tough because, I mean, my history with academics was always don't go to school, quit. But I, at 25, with my experience I had with the Dodgers, I felt like at that point I was prepared to take on that task. Uh, also, my wife, my girlfriend back then, but she's my wife now, helped me tons because she was already in school. And she said, uh, if you come, she's like, I'll be right next to you. We'll take classes together. She's like, whatever help you need, we'll kind of figure it out. And just having that security of somebody with me all the time helped me at the beginning. So that transition wasn't easy, but it was easier because she was there. And then also, I also just had a different mentality. You know, I had the mm -hmm. mentality of I had learned like a baseball player. What do you have to do? You have to prepare, right? You have to prepare. You have to be ready on game day. If you did your homework, game day is fairly easy in the sense that you get out there and now you start to play. And I felt that if I carried that same mentality and that same discipline into the classroom, I was like, I'm going to take a shot at it and kind of figure it out. And that's exactly what happened. You know, eventually, the more I did it, I eventually started to really have success in the academics. That's awesome. And that's led you down to now, how long have you been a physical therapist for? Uh, 12 years. 12 years now. And you started to develop a program and it's called Baseball Flows. Tell us about, you know, what was the thoughts and the ideas behind creating this program? Well, the, the thoughts behind it was that, I mean, the more I worked as a therapist, the more I realized that we're training movement flow and athleticism out of our athletes. You know, that there was this huge gap from when they left our clinic to when they got back on the baseball field and started to really flow and have to do these high skill movements. And I, and I found that there, that gap there, I could actually fill it with everything I've learned to that point. Because at that point, when I started the baseball flows, really digging deep into it, I was probably 10 years into my career. And I was really starting to figure out, hey, hold on, everything I've learned in school not necessarily applies to everything in sports. 
And I started to see the gap of, hey, hold on, there's there's something here that is missing. And I feel that it requires somebody who's been on the baseball field also to realize that the way we move in the clinic is a lot different than the way we move on the baseball field. And the way we move in the gym is a lot different than the way we move on the baseball field. So it was those gaps that I started to go, like, I think I'm going to develop a program where it really fills in that gap and that, that allows players to be more dynamic movers. Yeah, no, that's, and then when the first time I saw this, I'm like, Hmm, you know, cause I, you probably, I think we're about the same age, roughly. I don't know how old you are, but um, with your draft around that same time, but you definitely notice like, at least I did like tight body, you know, flexible in some areas, right. But lacked mobility and movement, I guess you, like you're saying movements, the kind of the key word, right. Um, oh, yeah. In certain aspects, right. Whether it's tight hips, um, what, what are you seeing with the athletes you're working with and tell us a little bit more, like what is a baseball flow, if you will? Well, the biggest thing that I'm seeing with athletes is that as soon as they have to transition from one position to the next, that's probably where a lot of their inefficiencies are coming into play. You know, when they have to move down the mound and get into a hip hinge and really hold it and get in and out of it, that's where I find that they're starting to really break down. And then at that point, you're in recovery mode going down the hill or even in the batter's box, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're getting into your load and gather and you're having to flow into the middle and then start to really uh, attack the baseball, those are the transitions that I found that a lot of the athletes, A, were struggling with and B, were not being trained. You know, we were not training transitions. We were training more positions and, or we were just training the skill. So there was this huge gap between positional and just training one, one segment versus what we do, which is very dynamic, which is the skill component of it. And that's kind of what, what I saw in the clinic. And then that's when I started to develop the baseball flows is to say, I think we could train the entire flow and the entire movement instead of having to rely on, like you mentioned, right? Like a mobility exercise and then hoping that that mobility exercise transfers, transfers to the baseball field. Mm -hmm. okay. You know? Yeah. Is it, I've heard of um, like when I first heard of baseball flows, I, I did a yoga class for a little while. Um, and a part of that, he would, the instructor would say, okay, now you're going to do a flow, right? Which was kind of these different movements. Is it similar to like a yoga flow? Like how would you describe the movements? I would say it's a little different because the movements themselves are based on developmental kinesiology. So it's basically a lot of these transitions because what happens with a lot of these disciplines is they'll kind of make up their own patterns just for whatever reason, right? They'll, they'll kind of figure out, hey, let's, let's start to move this way and move that way. When in reality, the way we move, it's actually pre-sequenced already in our DNA. You know, when you see your, your six-month-old and your nine-month-old starting to crawl and starting to kind of explore and stand up and walk, mm -hmm. like you don't have to coach them. You know what I'm saying? They, they do, they flow on their own. And that's kind of what the baseball flows are is we're doing the flows that we did kind of when we were younger we're just training those transitions a lot better because what I found in the clinic or actually even in the literature is that those are the patterns that we use for every skill. Mm -hmm. So the, the patterns that took us from being laying down on your back and eventually standing up and walking and being walkers and jumpers were the same patterns that, that we use on the baseball field. Okay. So is that, would you say like, so I'm, and I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm thinking like, okay, athletes tight, hamstrings tight hips core area backs right is it is the whole kind of process a part of 
just moving and flowing better through all the core and just the whole body in general. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a systems approach, right? Mm. Is everything has to be connected. Everything affects everything. So it's one of those things where we can't neglect like the, everything for me, what I found in the clinic is that everything somewhat revolves around your core. So if your core is stable, your hamstrings are not going to be tight. If your core is stable, your hips are going to be loose. Just because when you have prox proximal stability or stability in your core, every appendage will self-organize around that. So the reason people's hips get tight is because their core is weak. And I think sometimes what we end up doing is we start thinking like, oh, their hips are tight, so let's just go ahead and, and move up, mobilize their hip mm -hmm. without really addressing the cause, which is a weak core. So okay. that's why with the baseball flows, it's a lot on the beginning is really creating the activation and creating a stable core uh, before we get into a lot of these flows or a lot of these mobilizations. Uh, because what I find is if you're not stable in the middle, everything else kind of falls apart. Yeah, but no doubt. Yeah, it's, I remember having little back issues, right? And, and a, a trainer would always say, because you're, you're kind of pointing to that injury like say lower left back you're like what's what's wrong with my back and then as a young player you're like there's something wrong there but then they'd be like well let's look at your hips right let's look at your hammies like the surrounding areas right for the most part um and it, whether you're one leg is longer than the other right so let's get that back to even right um do you incorporate these because you're as a physical therapist do you do these movements and have your patients do like, I guess you could say the non-athlete, are they doing these movements as well? Yeah. I sprinkle them in with, with some of our patients because uh, I think one of the things too, is that, that when you look at the medical model, there's certain things in the medical model that, that constraints that we have, that we have to apply, uh, like apply to that model just to make sure that we're within compliance, that we're treating the patients uh, the same as other therapists. So I do sprinkle them in, but on the baseball flow end, I do more of the flow. I do 100% of the flowing and the and creating movement and, and these changes through movement. On the clinic end, I do uh, more of the physical therapist component of it. You know, I, I still you. check a lot of range of motion. I still check mobility. I still check coordination, which is not bad, right? I mean, you need to know those things and you need to have those metrics. But I also try to fix it through movement. So I do incorporate it some. Uh, it's interesting too because I've had patients who are in their 60s and we've just discussed like fall recovery like how do you get up from the ground and a lot of these people just can't get up from the ground in their 60s yeah. and then once they're able to do it a month later or two months later uh, they're thanking me because think about it this way right if you fall on the ground and you live alone what options do you really have to go make a phone call or get any kind of help so I think on that end I use it uh, quite a bit uh, and also I use it with my baseball players so when I get baseball players they're all doing the flows and we're kind of uh, addressing it through that versus a very reductionist model, which is what usually is used in the medical model, you know, which is like rotator cuff strengthening, uh, forearm strengthening, yeah. just very isolated strengthening components. Um, I don't do too much of that anymore. I go more systems based. So I'm strengthening the entire system, the entire flow, and then kind of going from there. Now, is this something that, and you're kind of, would you say targeting more the high school collegiate athlete? Like, do they, do they have to be a certain age to participate in this? No, when I first started, uh, that was the hardest thing is who's going to be my athlete. Mm -hmm. And I ended up creating a system where it actually has two options. 
So you'll have flows for kids that are like younger, more beginner flows. Okay. And then you have some for the collegiate, the professional athlete. So when they go to the website, they could choose either one program. The movements are the same. It's just the way I programmed it that it's a little bit different. Like the pro guys will do a little bit of the harder flows in the beginning. And then the younger kids, you'll do a little bit more of the beginner. But it's it's interesting because it's hard to choose because sometimes there's a flow that you think a professional is not going to struggle with. And they, they end up struggling with a beginner flow just based on how they move and how, how their body is so just out of whack, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, sure. yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that for sure. Right. Where you're, you get a, an adult man that's very strong, right. In the weight room. Right. And maybe lacks some mobility, lacks um, flexibility in that pure movement. Right. But then tries to just do a simple, like, can you describe like one of the movements, like what would a flow look like? Because you said there's kind of multiple, right? Like what would one of those look like? One of the most basic flows that I do is actually you'll, you'll if you just could imagine like a bear crawl position and then yeah. just imagine like a dead bug position. And one of the basic flows that I do is you go from a dead bug and you'll transition from a dead bug to a bear crawl. And that's one of like kind of our big beginner flows. Uh, another that one that you'll see quite often is the one where you're like in that 90-90 S mount where you're actually like laying on your um, sitting and then you have one leg in front of you kind of like in a 90 degree and you have one behind you in the 90 degree. Okay. And then you'll transition from there to like a half kneel where you're kind of halfway going up and then yeah. you'll go right back down into that 90-90 position S mount. I call it S mount position, but I've seen people call it 90-90 with the hips. Okay. Uh, so those are those are two basic flows that I feel like a people struggle with, but also uh, those are the ones that transfer quite a bit to the baseball field. Yeah, I would imagine. So the whole idea is, as you loosen up the core, the the hips, right? We're probably ideally looking to get more freedom, right, in those movements, so we can explode quicker and faster, right? Yeah, you're trying to get several things with it. Is and that's the dynamic about the baseball flows is we're trying to get more freedom, but we're also trying to develop more stability. You're also trying to develop more connectivity of your system. Mm. You know, it's, it's how do I keep the system in line? How do I keep everything connected as I'm starting to go through these flows through the middle? Because I think that's where a lot of the breakdown happens is sometimes the people's like your left leg should be connected to your right shoulder. And there's a flow that happens between those two in communication that always that is always happening that we lose as we start to do the skill. Like when you throw a baseball, right? Mm. so with the flows what i'm trying to do is connect the middle and really keep it stable and keep it strong so when we have to really uh ask it to do something dynamic that everything is connected okay very cool and so is this something that is is the program geared toward do they does the athlete do this every day is it just a couple days a week what does that look like this could be done every day that's the, that's the cool thing about movement right is movement is not one of those things where it's either going to fatigue you too much or it's going to take too much to recover. Mm. So what we find with a lot of the programs now, we, we we actually have several college programs doing it. And what they're finding is that the players are using this for two things, uh, several things, sorry. One is for recovery. So after a hard lifting day or a hard day at the yard, uh, it's, they're doing about 15, 20 minutes of the flow. So that would just be like one flow session. And they're also using it as a primer, like before they hit or before they get on the baseball field. So kind of like a warm-up, but really priming their system, or, or they call it activation, right? They're activating their uh, their muscular system uh, versus what we used to do in the past, which was not really prepare us to move. 
you know, before we were just preparing ourselves to just, we would just stretch and run. Uh, where now you can actually, there's there's some flows you can do that's going to prepare your your connectivity of your body. And that's going to get you on the baseball field prime to to really start competing. Yeah, man, I love that. And so is so when you go to the website, right, it's baseballflows.com. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So baseballflows.com. And you had mentioned, so it's it's kind of is it an app like where they just watch video to video? How's the format and all that? Yeah, when you go to the website and you purchase, you'll get an email and it'll send you uh so you could download the app. We have it for iPhone, we have it for Android, so we cover all the mediums on that end. And then uh what the way the, the way you'll get it is once you sign up. Then you'll click on on what do I need to do today? And then you'll get videos of, you'll get two videos. One video of me explaining it, like a two, three minute video of explaining the flow, the movement. Also giving you some modifications. Like for example, if you struggle with this movement, you could also do it this way, or you could do that way. So mm -hmm. just explaining some of the pitfalls I see in the clinic to really educate the client on like, hey, guess what? If you're struggling with it, there's little modifications we could do as, because what you're looking for with movement is we're looking for it to be not perfect, but good enough, right? Okay. So it's one of those that I'm trying to get people to go like, hey, if it's totally looking like you can't do it and you're struggling too much, these are the modifications you can make. And then you also get access to a video of an athlete doing it. So we had a college guy that modeled all the flows. And yeah. then I did a voiceover of when he's doing them, I'm just doing a voiceover and just pointing out certain things of like, oh, put pressure on your knee or this is where you should feel the pressure on your hip. Make sure you tighten your core. Make sure when you do this, you're doing that. So you'll get two videos on that end. Uh, and usually clients, when I when I speak to them a month or two months later, it's amazing how much education they're getting out of those videos. Because when I speak with them, it's it's my biggest thing has been with players is to make them independent movers, to make yeah. them really own the process of how their body works, how their body functions, how to move better. It's It's not for them to be passive and just going through the movements. It's for them to start to realize, like, this is how my body works. Because once they get that information, they could use it on the baseball field to figure out hitting mm -hmm. or pitching. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, I, every person I talk to that's especially in the baseball field is we we have to stay on the field, right? If we're, we're, we we want to have that chance, we want to keep that starting position, right? We're trying to move up, whether it's from varsity to to college you know freshman to sophomore year pro ball right you, you can't get on the field then it's going to be a big struggle right and so um, taking care of yourself body and mind right both physically mm -hmm. mentally kind of all those things so yeah it's another program that i think players can add are you allowed to tell us what schools are are working working with you I'll be honest with you. They didn't sign any kind of agreement okay. where I can't say anything, <laughs> but I'll tell you this yeah. and I'll, I'll be honest with you is schools on the higher end of especially softball. Uh, you'll be amazed at which schools are actually doing the baseball flows. And we're talking the top of the line schools on the softball end. And then some really good schools also on the baseball college end uh, that are doing them. Uh, I, I do post it on Twitter, but on a podcast for me, I just go like, Hey, go check my Twitter and you'll see who partnered up with us. But it's, it's actually, to my surprise, um, actually, one of those things that surprised me the most, sorry, is the schools that reached out and they're thinking, you know, because when schools partner with us, it's actually me working with them. Right. So I, I'm starting to figure out, okay, what, how do you guys want to implement this? How do we want to do it? And just to know the things that they're already doing, I go, no wonder you guys reached out to me because mm. they're winning for a reason. Like a lot of these schools, 
that are on top of college and on top of, of the sport is they're winning for a reason because trust me, they, when they reached out to me, they already knew my entire history. They knew what I was doing. They had already been implementing some of my movements. They really just wanted to narrow it down and really make it as effective as possible. Uh, but yeah, they, they went for a reason because they found me back in September when I barely started. Mm. That's awesome. So yeah, so this is a pretty new concept and idea like that you've been getting this out, right? And you said September. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it, it's funny because that other day I, I, I was actually looking through the videos of when I started kind of just to see, you know, for me, I always felt like a beginner's mind. I love it because you're, you're so free to move and to do things. And I was just watching my videos and one of the videos was from two years ago. And it was a flow that I just posted probably like a week or two weeks ago. And somebody's like, wow, this is so innovative. And I was just thinking to myself, I did that flow two years ago. Right. <laughs> but people are literally just starting to find out now. Yeah. But I've been doing this for a while, but definitely, it's definitely really innovative. And I, I don't think you've ever seen some of the movements that I put the players through. Uh, you'll never see it anywhere else. And another thing too, is it's not one of those things where I just created randomly. There's been a lot of thought, a lot of reasoning, a lot of clinical reasoning that goes into it. So it's one of those where these movements are necessary. Uh, and my biggest thing has been to get it out there to as many players as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, so what's the, how you said it's in an app form. Is it a monthly cost or is it a one-time fee? How does that process work? For now, we have two options. For now, we'll have the monthly cost. So it's like a monthly subscription. Okay. Uh, the price kind of, at this point, is $29.99 for the uh, all-star model, which is more for the younger kids and $34.99 for the uh, uh, pro model for the older guys. Uh, we also have an annual, you can sign up for a year and it'll be 20% off the entire package. Okay. Uh, but I'm gonna try my best to keep it at that price. Uh, my biggest thing has always been that everybody should have access to an affordable program that's high quality. So I'm gonna try my best to keep the prices low. Um, but for now, that's where it's at. Perfect. Well, very good. So they you can go check that out at uh, baseballflows.com. And is it is there any type of like free video that they can watch, like a demo where they can get a better feel for how the flows work or they have to go straight to purchasing the product? Well, usually if they have Twitter, I, I put a lot of material out on, on Twitter. Okay, It's at perfect. Flows Doc and then also Doc Baseball Flow. So if you go to those two, you're going to find plenty of demos and plenty of videos that I put out there. Because my biggest thing has always been is this program for me is one of those things that I want as many people to be doing it. So it's one of those things that I do put out quite a bit of free content because I, I want people to say, hey, guess what? I don't have this huge paywall before I get to see what I'm getting. Yeah. But just be aware, though, that sometimes what you're getting on the back end, too, is a lot of detail. You're getting the explanation. And sometimes those explanations are one of those that you just can't be doing the movement randomly. You know, sometimes we need to really systematically go about how we train people. And that's what you get with the app. With the app, you get basically a program that's already been programmed for somebody to, From I always tell people, I'm not guessing that you're going to be a better mover in two months. It's just a matter of you doing your flows. Gotcha. Well, perfect. Well, this is awesome. I, I'm excited for you and for uh, just the athletes in general, right? As they, everyone's kind of trying to look for that particular edge, you know, whether it's the mental edge or physical edge. And just, I think as you get to a high level, it has to be a combination of all those things, right. To, to try to stay healthy, to be on the field and and do the things you need to do. So man, make sure you guys check out baseball flows. I appreciate you, Dr. Gallo for coming on anything else you'd like to mention to our audience here. 
no, just, just, I mean, for me, it's always being grateful, right? Yeah. Uh, I just want to tell people that I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I mean, you learned a little bit of my history today, right? Where it was one of those things where at 17, I'm down and out. And it's one of those things that I don't take one day of the flows or working with patients or clients uh, for granted, you know, because I know that I've been on the other end where I struggled for anybody to pay any kind of attention or, or kind of give me a chance. And now I'm really grateful for this opportunity to be able to serve the baseball community, the softball community. And I mean, I think, I don't know about you, but some of the fav my favorite people in this world are either baseball players, softball players, baseball coaches, softball coaches, oh, yeah. uh, softball <laughs> parents, baseball parents. Those are the favorite people. So when I get to talk to those people and kind of have a phone call with them, it kind of just revives my spirit in the sense that uh, this is almost like what I was meant to do. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to serve the community. Absolutely. It's all about giving back with, with what you know. So, man, mm -hmm. check it out. Baseballflows.com, guys. Go check it out. Uh, try the program. You're going to get loose. I, I can see a lot of adults getting into this, too. Right. We'll see it, seeing it at the local gyms and um, get get their bench press or their squats in. And then they're, everyone's just doing their flows all over the gym floor. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, very good. Well, Doc, thanks for coming on, man. And again, go to baseballflows.com. Go get loose. Go get that movement going. And we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Do you have an issue or a struggle that you're trying to work through? Right? As human beings, we're always trying to get through our, quote, our stuff. Right? I want to offer to you a free mini coaching session. This is a session where you bring any issue to the table. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about it. And I'm going to show you how and why this is a problem for you. Most people I talk to have never been coached before. They've never been on a coaching call. So give this a chance. I'll give you a free mini session. You can reach out to me and schedule this mini session at mentaledgetrainingcoach.com. And we will work through any issue you have. And if it seems like a good fit, if we make a good fit for each other, I'll offer you a six-week coaching program where we can spend more time together one-on-one -on -one and work through this together. I'll see you there.